From the unexplained to the mundane, come join us on a journey to the fringe. I'm going to run with the local info on this one for a little bit since I'm traveling to Harrison Hot Springs next weekend. And this is going to be where the First Nations comes into play. And this is so cool. Uh, The research that I did on this, I got really excited about it. The word Sasquatch is thought to be a mispronunciation of the... I'm going to pull out my pronunciations here. I'm trying my best. I did a lot of Googling today just to try and get my pronunciation of this as good as I could. And I know it's not even going to come close, but I'm trying my hardest. I did really do some research into how to pronounce these words, which are a little bit difficult for me. So it's thought to be a mispronunciation of the De Alice First Nations word Sesquits is where Sasquatch comes from. And I probably really just got that wrong, but I did really try my best and I mean all the best by it. (laughs) The meaning for their word is hairy man and legends state that they will only let you see them if they want to be seen. The Stalis are a sovereign coast Salish First Nation and their band government is the Chehalis First Nation located on the lower Harrison River between the towns of Mission and Agassiz, British Columbia. Stellis traditional territory includes the entirety of Harrison Lake, Harrison River, Chehalis Lake, Chehalis River, the lower Lillooet River, and the northeastern portion of Stave Lake, and sorry, and the Fraser River between Hooknose and Queens Islands. Stellis means beating heart. For centuries, and by centuries, I mean thousands of years, which is what centuries <laughs> mean. So I'm not sure why I needed to clarify that. <laughs> The Sasquatch have been passed down through oral traditions of the First Nations communities of Harrison Lake and Harrison River. For the Stalis, the Sasquatch is an important aspect of cultural cultural identity and spiritual beliefs. And the belief in the Sasquatch is a spiritual being that can vanish into the spirit realm at will, which may explain why the elusive being is so difficult to track down. Sasquatch is the primary caretaker who watches over the land and he is so integral to the Stalis that their adopted logo is a stylized image of the Sasquatch and it's on their national flag trademarked by the Stalis and it has become an internationally recognized icon and it's a prominent figure in cultural practices and laws and it's used to brand their community businesses and develop new products. You've probably seen him. I'll probably take a picture of him when I go because I've seen him all over Harrison. That's why Bigfoot's all over the place there. That's why he's so big. They have a yearly Bigfoot festival there where we were talking about This is where I might want to interject as I was reading an article that talks about how during this festival, they will typically see, and I'm not sure if this is in modern times, I'm just kind of freestyling here, or previous to modern day times, they would see smoke rising from the caves where the Sasquatch typically came from on the side of the lake that the Sasquatch are known to be on Harrison Lake. And it's, I believe, the new moon or the full moon in the summer that they have the celebration and the Bigfoot celebrate as well. Sasquatch is used for all their painting for a Sasquatch mountain, and they are 3,000 to 7,000 years old. The word 
Slalicum means supernatural and it's a shapeshifter. So if they want to be seen, they're going to be seen. In Harrison Hot Springs, the location of some sightings are the cave of Mystery Valley on the west side of Harrison Lake. So like I just said, that's where they typically come from. And local lore says the Sasquatch hold a reunion every four years, beginning on the night of the full moon in July. Good. I put it in my notes, so I didn't just have to freestyle it. Can you actually go to the side of the lake that Sasquatch is supposed to live on? Or is I that believe you can. Out? Okay. I believe you can. And on the what I got this information mostly from the tourism tourism Harrison website. I did also get it a little bit from the Stalis website as well as well as some of the hotel websites and just some random websites that talk about the history i believe you can they do have rules about what you should expect if you encounter a bigfoot one of which if you do encounter one it is to be reported to the visitor center asap does it say anything about shooting it actually does i I can't recall if it says anything about shooting, but it also says if you're not ready to encounter a Bigfoot, probably don't go over to that area where they're known to come from. Um, There are stories that I read as well of people going close to the caves and encountering beings there. So obviously it comes with reason that they would say that they come from this cave. The Sasquatch, they have the big full moon party in... Harrison Hot Springs, beginning on the night of the full moon in July for four nights in succession as the Sasquatch meet, signal fires are kept burning. 1940s, the last year, fires were seen burning. However, reported sightings in the era area have been as recent as 2009. That's where they had seen fires burning in the woods. Sasquatch is said to avoid white people and will not know about him because his home is in the forest and mountains and ours is not. Racist. <laughs> So I do have a sighting that comes from Peter within the Chehalis, I believe. So I did include this. This is a quote from him. Funny, it comes from the McLean's Magazine did a really nice write-up on British Columbia Sasquatch culture. I took this from here. They have a variety of other ones. I was surprised that it came from McLean's Magazine. There's a lot more where this came from. So it was Peter recounts this happening in May 20 years ago. <laughs> so he says, I was walking along the foot of a mountain about a mile from the Chehalis Reserve. I thought I heard a noise, something like a grunt nearby. Looking in the direction in which it came, it was startled to see what I took at first sight to be a huge bear crouched upon a boulder 20 to 30 feet away. I raised my rifle to shoot it, but as I did, the creature stood up and let out a piercing yell. It was a man, a giant, no less than six and one half feet in height and covered with hair. He was in a rage and jumped from the boulder to the ground. I fled, but not before I felt his breath upon my cheek. I never ran so fast before or since through brush and undergrowth toward the Statloo or Chehalis River where my dugout was moored. From time to time, I looked back over my shoulder. The giant was fast overtaking me. A hundred feet separated us. Another look and the distance measured less than 50. Then the Chehalis and in a moment, the dugout shot across the stream to the opposite bank. 
The swift river, however, did not in the least daunt the giant, for he began to wade it immediately. I arrived home almost worn out from running, and I felt sick. Taking an anxious look around the house, I was relieved to find the wife and children inside. I bolted the door and barricaded it and everything at hand. Then with my rifle ready, I stood near the door and awaited his coming. He did add that if it had not been so much, there hadn't been so much excitement, he could have easily have shot the giant when he began to wade in the river. And after an anxious waiting of 20 minutes, he heard a noise approaching like a trampling of a horse. I looked through a crack in the old wall. It was the giant. Darkness had, all yet, had not yet set in and I had a good look at him, except that he was covered with hair and twice the bulk of the average man. There is nothing to distinguish him from the rest of us. He pushed again the wall of the old house with such force that it shook back and forth. The old cedar shook and timbers creaked and groaned so much under the strain that I was afraid it would fall down and kill us. I whispered to the old woman to take the children under the bed. After prowling and grunting like an animal around the house, he went away. We were glad for the children and the wife were uncomfortable under the old bedstead. Next morning, I found his tracks in the mud around the house, the biggest of either man or beast I had ever seen, and the tracks measured 22 inches in length, but narrow in proportion to their length. So he also knows that they weren't able to live in their house for another winter because it was treated so roughly by the Sasquatch. Yeah, I found that article to be really good. I did find another one I found interesting labeled, what is a Sasquatch or the problematics of reality testing from June 1972? This was an actual paper written. It had some really interesting, inf- really, really interesting information in it. That's where I was talking to you about the one of the woman who had been kidnapped until she taught them how to use fire. And then they in turn returned her. But there is a lot of problematic language being used in it. So I didn't think that it was going to be right with this episode to use that it was used throughout the entire paper Mm. Um, but some really interesting insight and it had some mental health issues in there as well so i just chose to admit that however it was kind of good for a read it had some interesting sightings in there yeah it's funny how 40 years really changes what's allowed and not allowed to be said yeah i mean we have a turbulent history with uh the first Nations, so i just chose to admit that omit that i thought it was super interesting when i started researching my trip and i was looking at the tourism harrison website and then i got onto the band's website and uh there's just some really interesting information so i thought that i would throw it in there as well they're they're very proud of it which is a really cool thing to see and research that's the end of that kind of portion that i have i do have some fun stuff here do you find it interesting that he described it that was a giant like doesn't use the term big or sasquatch in the last sighting and he doesn't at all he actually uses slightly different terms than what i've seen with there are a fair amount of hunter interactions with bigfoot or sasquatch mm-hmm and for the most part, a lot of them do end up pointing a gun at them at some point, but they can't pull the trigger because it's a lot of them feel like it is pointing a gun at a human. Yeah, I would assume it would be. 
Like pointing a gun at a human. <laughs> yeah. I didn't actually include anything that was of hunters in this. I kind of just went where my heart took me and it was here. And I felt like I would have more than enough information to feel, fill an episode. It might be something that we can cover in the future with hunters. And you know what? It's also hard, just as it is sometimes with UFOs, it's actually a little bit more difficult with Bigfoots to find sightings because as much as there's stigma around ufo sightings there's also stigmas around bigfoot sightings and sometimes i don't know what stigma is the worst of the two of people wanting to come forward with yeah i remember even i had a friend in high school that swears that when they were kids they encountered a bigfoot when they were playing outside i can't recall off the top of my head right now where where they were from they were from somewhere in the mountains in bc and they had encountered one as kids and he swore up and down that it was a bigfoot that they had encountered huh yeah and I find the uh, terminology that the Aboriginal groups use for describing Sasquatch and Big or Bigfoot to match up a lot with how Middle Eastern uh, culture defines jinn, as in mm-hmm. like they they're, they're almost fourth dimensional beings. They don't just inhabit our realm, so it's up to them whether or not you're going to see them. Yes, and that's also why I wanted to put that in here, not just for another cultural aspect of it, but it's very mystical, the way they can appear at will, and they're living in nature as well, so they're not for us to see, because we're not living with nature. So that's my little story on that. So now I have some fun stuff, which is Bigfoot's legal troubles. Maybe you'll like this one. I'm keeping with the local cases. I'm going to throw one in that's not local. But there is a man in British Columbia, Canada, Todd Standing, who was actually from Alberta, who took the BC Fish and Wildlife Court for allegedly damaging his credibility in not acknowledging that the Sasquatch, aka Bigfoot, does not exist. He stated that he has evidence way beyond a reasonable doubt that the species exists and that if this was a murder trial, he would just annihilate it. He planned on presenting <laughs> testimony. <a> great quote. <laughs> I know, I think that's an Alberta quote. He planned on presenting testimony from police officers, fishery officers, engineers, nurses, and doctors who said that they had witnessed the species. And he planned on filing lawsuits in neighboring province Alberta, Washington, and the United States, where he also claims you can find Sasquatch. He did file another suit in California as well. Yeah, I remember this guy, and he Yeah, is, it was not that long ago. He is suing Fish and Wildlife because he's saying they're not doing anything to protect Sasquatch, correct? Yes, yeah. And this is that big thing when we're talking about cryptozoology, and one of the biggest steps that cryptozoologists are really doing is protecting unknown endangered species. So it is interesting to see somebody actually trying to take the steps on Bigfoot for that. Yes. It does seem ridiculous, but at the same time, it's that whole persona that we give people who talk about Bigfoot. It's a little bit belittling and funny. Yeah, he ain't wrong. We should probably, because we want to shoot everything that we see. So he's not wrong in doing it, I guess. But I mean, he just wants to sue all over the place and take people to court. So they were thrown out i yeah. guess it's a waste of yeah. its time it's um, a frivolous or vexatious case i would assume 
Probably. There is also a lawmaker that called for Bigfoot hunting season in Oklahoma. A bill was introduced into the Oklahoma legislature to establish a hunting season for Bigfoot. So this is totally on the other side of the spectrum. This was not to protect Bigfoots. And it ended up being a ploy for tourists to have a keepsake Bigfoot hunting license and also pushed to establish a 25,000 bounty for anyone who got a Bigfoot. Yeah. Which is just a a very American thing. And so low. Does it not feel low? Yeah, <laughs> I like mean, they needed some grand. dollars. You can't even get a new hunting truck. True. <laughs> found a big foot. <laughs> the amount of the bounty. Because <laughs> I know there's that famous, um, I forget the name, but it's a million dollar stake that if anybody could prove they actually have some sort of um, ESP or telekinetic powers, they'd get a million dollar uh, prize. I forget the name of it. But it's one guy. Oh, who puts they're it not on. even willing to put that much up for that. No, no. Everybody in you town think... pitched twenty bucks. Yeah. Yeah. Either that, or it's the money they're going to make off the license, which maybe that's all of it. I don't know. Uh, actually, you yeah, know what? God, Something uh, like one... that would probably make big. Do you bucks give up all your Southern rights to the Bigfoot after the twenty-five grand? I wonder what probably. they would like. Yeah. A hundred percent. You would have to. It wouldn't just give you the money and be like, okay, well, you can still Neat. have rights on. Here this. you go. <laughs> No way. Then I did take a look and I was interested. We were talking earlier. Has anybody actually been killed by a Bigfoot? Which we did touch on. There is one recorded death of a man in Montana who was killed by a car while participating in a Bigfoot hoax of his own by using a suit and someone hit him with a car. So there's that. But other than that, there's no real evidence of anyone who has been killed by a Bigfoot because Bigfoot technically doesn't exist. And if Bigfoot does turn out to have a homicidal side, let's just say he's good at covering his tracks. Yeah. Well, he would be very good, I guess. Well, he's probably just hungry. Yeah. I mean, I would assume that he probably eats deer. They, he maybe? eats everything. Raccoon? I, there's reports of deer. There's a lot of reports of um, more omnivorous type foods. And I saw. A I good did re- hear that as well. I, I saw actually a good. Uh, it's a video online. I can't remember who did it, but he because one of the issues people say is how could this creature exist in the wild when we kind of know how much uh, calories are out there in the ecosystem and they're pretty much all accounted for. So where's he getting his food? And he this guy went into detail saying how well monkeys in Japan exist off lichen that grows on the trees which Hmm. is basically unaccounted for by a lot of species in north america how are they accounting for every calorie though well it's basically we know what's growing there what eats it what eats those and everything's kind of fine-tuned you know that whole uh theory of rabbits and wolves where the population of rabbits goes up the population of wolves go up how would they know that that's not just normal with Bigfoot being counted for in there. Whereas if That's they were to point. disappear, yeah. then maybe it changes. You never know. Because he can disappear. So then I kind of got into what could this big guy be? Harry Henderson. There are some ideas put forth. There are a few people who suspect that Bigfoot could be a population of Gigantopithecus, which is an extinct genus of ape. All Gigantopithecus fossils are were found in Asia, are found in Asia. But it's and argued that... Mm-hmm. Go ahead, go ahead. 
Oh, it's just argued that many species of animals migrated across the Bering Land Bridge, and he suggested that Gigantopithecus is very vague. <laughs> suggested yeah. that Gigantopithecus might have done so as well. He might well, have been. And the reason he's so vague is because the whole <laughs> idea of Gigantopithecus is very vague as well. Yeah, could have been. Do you one know of anything about the fossils we have of Gigantopithecus? I do not. I believe it uh, it amounts to like three portions of bones, basically a few teeth and a part of the jaw. And from that, okay. they constructed a giant version of an orangutan. Oh, I did see a picture of those bones. So I guess that's what that was. That's all they've had. Oh, very interesting. Yeah. So, so I mean, it, maybe it, that it counts is a bit for... of a stretch. Yeah. Maybe it but counts that... for proof that Bigfoot does exist. So that's all they have of Gigantopithecus. Yeah. That's well, and that's like I was saying, a lot of these creatures are living in places that aren't conducive to fossil formation. And even Neanderthal, we do have definitely uh, some fossils of them for sure. They're all in the Neander Valley in Germany. And the Denisovans, we have very little on as well. Those would be humans' <laughs> most closest relatives that we know of. Going back, Neanderthals would have gone extinct. 60,000 years ago, and Denisovans a little bit sooner. Uh, Neanderthals being mostly found in Europe, and Denisovans being found in Asia. And a certain percentage of each continent's population carries a certain percentage of genes from each of those creatures because we interbred with them. Mm -hmm. That's very and, interesting. Um, I don't know a whole lot about that kind of stuff. And yeah, Denisovans or Denisovans, I don't know which one's actually correct. They, there again, they found a couple fragments of fossils in caves, just like Gigantopithecus. Up until they found that, it was just a, a speculated species. Mm -hmm. There are a and few speculated species in that with the theory of evolution as well, if I recall correctly. Some of them are just like, let's fill in the blanks here. Well, for the most part, we got that all kind of sorted out. But that doesn't take into account the fact that branches on the tree of life w might continue forward where we thought they died out. Yes, as I think they're suggesting here. Yeah. The next point uh, put forth on what Bigfoot could be is misidentifications, such as bears and other identifications that yeah, have gone wrong. <laughs> Honestly, for the most part, like everybody knows bears can talk, can walk on two feet. Yes. But if you've ever seen a video of it, it looks really creepy. It is just like when you see a cat walk on its hind legs or any animal that shouldn't be walking on its hind legs. It's a creepy thing because yeah. you're used to it. And there are theories and videos and stuff out there. Oh, which I want to show you. I want to show you. This video. There are sightings of Bigfoot on all fours as well. Interesting. So, which I I wonder if I can put this on our social media. I'm gonna pull this up. It was a really cool video coming out of Russia, and I want to show it to you. I'm gonna hold it up to the camera here. I don't know if we'll be able to post it, but it's this very. It looks super monkey like. It goes again. Wow, they got a lot of uh, advertisements. Yeah, it's Russian. Yeah, like the arms are so prominent, which is crazy. Yeah, and it's super ape-like, this video. It's actually super creepy, yeah. whether yeah. it's real or not. It just kind of gives me the creeps. I don't know what it's zeroing in on there. Oh, it's down there. Yeah, it's a good video. I've never seen that. I know. I can't. I, Reddit is full of gold. Yeah. 
Maybe it's crouching down there by where... Oh, yeah, it's crouching down there by where that circle is, I think. Huh. Anyhow, the quality on the video is pretty good. And I it just... Yeah. That's really a different style of Bigfoot than we've seen video I know. before. I'll send you the video itself. I like, and it keeps going Because it's just so monkey-like, honestly. I know, isn't it? And it's on all fours. So that's what that, that reminded me of when you said that. Maybe we can post it to the social media. I don't know. It's YouTube... What kind oh, of things yeah. you get into Find with it on that? Reddit, or we... We'll cross post it onto the subreddit. Yeah, that has to do with them walking on the hind legs and being able to go down on all fours. However, you would think it would be harder for a bigger creature like that to quickly be able to get down on all fours to walk like that. I mean, not necessarily. Gorillas are the same size as us, but not bigger, and they can swap between the True. two. True. True. They're bigger than us for sure. And uh, Billy apes as well that are about the same size as us. They're a larger version of uh, chimpanzees that are uh, ground dwelling. They too predominantly walk on two legs, but they will swap down. Hmm. We are actually an outlier in the ape family for walking on two legs. Yeah, maybe I should stop. (laughs) We really should. Could you imagine? Not good for our backs. <laughs> then I would become a cryptid and I would need to be studied as a possible outlier of the species. Yes. We so can no longer third... describe the species as bipedal, <laughs> just mostly bipedal. Mostly because of this one idiot. One of the last points towards, or sorry, yeah, one of the last points towards what uh, Big Boy Bigfoot could be is a uh, hoax, which I mean, as with U- UFOs, aliens, basically anything paranormal, there's a large amount of sightings, witnesses, things like that out there. And all it really takes is one, one real sighting for it to be an actual thing, especially in this area, because this is where all my research came from on this one. There is a large, large, large amount of sightings that come from this area in the Pacific Northwest, Washington and British Columbia. And we have a particularly large amount of unex- not unexplored, but rarely touched land in yeah. BC, which BC has a population over 3 million. Yeah, but it's mostly 90, where I live yeah, though. 90% of it is within an hour's drive of yeah. Vancouver. The rest and even within the Vancouver, rest, 9% there's... of that is the Okanagan. And then there's a small population up north. Outside of that, there is untouched land. Yeah. Which unfortunately is now Vancouver. getting more and more forested. So yeah, which uh, there, is sad. I would be interested to see if it's still particularly notable of lumberjacks to have sightings. That is I know it where was a, a long big time majority ago, of but... yeah, it is where honestly a big majority of sightings come from. And even within Vancouver, you're you can be in bat country within an hour. So even within going from downtown Vancouver, you can get quickly out there and lost in a forest if you're not careful. Yeah, and the Okanagan Valley, which has about two hundred thousand people living in it now, and uh, it's uh, a, a lake that's about a hundred and fifteen kilometers long, about ninety miles long, and that population—if you just go over top of a mountain, it's a half-hour drive. No one is around you. There is nobody mm-hmm. there. Yeah, it is untouched land. And so these mostly what I touched on is a lot of modern-day sightings. However, I wanted to bring that First Nations point of view into it because i mean they they go back longer than anybody's been here they're very in tune with nature and with the land and i find it so interesting 
I, that I just even... find it it's so sad that we don't get specific sightings from them because mm-hmm. one they keep it to themselves mm-hmm. and two it's an oral tradition that they have they don't it especially is. back in the day they didn't write these down it was more of a general idea they would give you of the creature instead of yes. particular sightings and interactions which I, I did specifically set out to find some right from the websites that I used to even get this information because it was coming right from their tradition right out of their mouth. But I couldn't get reports from that. Then I found a really cool article from McLean's and I wanted to give something. So that's what I gave with Peter. And even for the full moon, the Sasquatch reunion that they have in Harrison Hot Springs, they said, I watched a video on it and they said, there's a traditional dance that they do for the public. And there's one only for the tribe, the Stalis that they do in private. That's not for the public to see. And there's a lot that I read that they don't have the story. So I wasn't able to. Unfortunately, I wish I could have had more time. Maybe I would have found something out when I go there this weekend or been able to reach out to Tourism Hot Springs or the Dallas itself to get a story. I don't know if they would have given it to me, but I just I just didn't have the time to get it and I couldn't find it in the research. But I was very happy to be able to provide it because that is, I think, best place to start when you're talking about Bigfoot because that's not where he begins but where North American culturally it begins yes and it's so ingrained in there and in into their culture which I find so super interesting especially the mysticism of Bigfoot I just want to touch quickly as well so on the other side of the spectrum going from misidentifications being what Bigfoot could be in hoaxes I just wanted to say Dr. Meldrum who specializes in the study of bipedalism he possesses over 300 footprint casts that he attributes to having been made by large non-human primates that he maintains could not be made by wood carvings or human feet based on their anatomy. Yeah. I'm sure and- this doesn't encompass all of them because there are known hoaxes of these events. And Um, for everybody listening, I I think this is a good time to look at your own foot, look at the bottom of it, see where the contours are, see where the toes come out, get to know it real well, and then Google gorilla foot. And you will see that it is somewhat the same as a human's foot. So long as your foot is a normal foot, it should share some similarities with a big foot, uh, sorry, a gorilla foot. But it's also going to have some significant differences. And the big one that you're going to notice is what I call the thumb toe or the big toe. Oh, look at that. There's a very big space. (laughs) Yeah. It is is a thumb toe. I'm really glad I don't have that. Yeah. What purpose would that but, serve? Uh, it's more, they can use it for gripping. Rock, paper, gorillas scissors. Are, yeah. You can have so many more options with it. But this is why a lot of people believe when they're looking at these, you can tell whether or not it is a genuine track because generally when people are trying to fake it, they're going to replicate a human foot and just make it bigger. Whereas a lot of the castings that they find match closer to other primates that fall into the grade eight category. Very cool. Yeah, I didn't like, realize and that I don't it was believe so gorillas different. don't really have the ball of the foot in the same place either. I'm also looking at bear paws. I'm becoming very familiar with how my feet are different from different animals' feet right now. And they're considerably different as well. There's really going to be no mistaking for that. Or 
the print of a bear paw cookie. Those are very different as well. They came up in my search. But yeah, because um, gorillas and chimpanzees and whatnot are still within the forest, they would have use of, not prehensile, uh, opposable thumbs and use of their feet as hands. Their feet serve more of a purpose than just walking. Yeah. And that is why we have a very different looking foot. Because like, honestly, it looks like them. a hand where the palm just kind of slipped down. Yeah, it does. It's super creepy, actually. It, like, looks like my hand, but a foot. <laughs> it's creepy. Um, so you bring up a really good point on that, and now you have homework to look at your hand and then foot and, and then Google back. gorilla paw <laughs> and bear paw. We'll put a post on it. We'll put a post. Does your foot look like this? It'll be a gorilla foot. We hope your answer is no. I would actually be curious what a gorilla foot track or uh, gorilla tracks look like. Gotta be on the internet. I read a meme the other day that said you used to have to either have a photo of a cat with a hat on your phone or drive to a library to find a picture of a cat in a hat. (laughs) Or have an actual picture of a cat in a hat if you wanted to see a picture of a cat in a hat. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> or drive to the library to find one. Yeah, you can just Google it. Anyhow, so there's also a study published in the Journal of Biogeography in 2009 by J.D. Lozier that used an ecological niche modeling on reported sightings of Bigfoot using their locations to infer Bigfoot's preferred ecological parameters and they found a very close match with the ecological parameters of the American black bear, which I also thought was super interesting. Yeah. They're kind of in that, the same areas. But that also might pay credence to people saying that it's a misidentification of a bear. It did. I just left that part out. <laughs> that's that's what he concluded, wasn't it? I probably was. I just left that part out. <laughs> <laughs> I just thought it was interesting that it kind of there's seen in the same areas. But yeah, that he did say that it could be mistaken for a bear. But I mean, I could Honestly, see in some portions where if you're looking from afar, yes. I mean, I wouldn't want to stick around for a bear or a Sasquatch personally. Or, you know, but it I've could also, also seen a bear. And even as excited as I would get for a Sasquatch, I've never said Sasquatch. It was clearly a bear. Yeah. It also does lead credence to the theory that Bigfoot is raising and eating black bears and keeping them close by. It could. Now, did I just come up with this theory? Yes. It could. But I'm going to start mean, looking into it. They were saying, and you mentioned as well, that Bigfoot would probably be eating like some vegetarian things. And to have a bigger brain mass, you would need to eat more protein. I was reading something about this as well, but obviously I didn't make a note of it. So for him to be smarter and think of be using black bears of a shield like that, he would be needing to eat a lot of protein to be smart. So it's bears. I also just made up that theory. Okay. Um, so that's pretty much all I have other than talking about paranormal versus terrestrial. However, that's a whole other thing. So it's probably not meant for this episode. And it's been about an hour and a half. Yeah. And I I think the last thing that I wanted to touch on, and I didn't end up looking into it, but there was that woman about a decade ago, who was looking at sequencing the DNA of Bigfoot, and she was writing a paper on it. 
paper yes. did get published, but there was pushback, and I never heard what happened at the end of the day. It's very interesting. A lot of times you don't hear what happens, and I know David Politis was just also working on something with Bigfoot, with DNA as well. Do you recall what that was? They did find something with know. it. Uh, David Politis is a former cop in the U.S. who looked into disappearances in uh, national parks and believes there's a weird set of cases where people go missing very anomal anomalously. And, and those are nothing to do with Bigfoot. Well, he, he doesn't necessarily allege it, but he does also look into Bigfoot. He does. And, totally uh, separate from those. Yeah. And he's never and ruled he specifically out Bigfoot. No. He has, so he was doing, this was a year or two ago. Maybe it was the same girl that he was working with that they were doing DNA with something. And they did, uh, maybe I'll have to do a follow-up in the next episode. They did find something with the DNA. There was an abnormality with either the male or the female. Type oh, that's of right. DNA. It was the female and it was related to human closely. I believe. And then the no, male you know what? Let's was, not speculate. We need to look yeah. into it. I can. Uh, we can start the episode yeah. off with it next time. Yeah, let's did. start the next episode off with that, and then we're gonna. I'm gonna take a look at another wild man that's described around the world. Do a little bit of a historical dive into that, and I, I'm comfortable sticking with wild men for a little while here. Sure. I'm okay with that. Super cool guys. Um, but I just wanted to end with this word that I found out. Uh, in my research, in sticking with my kind of random trivia that I have in my in my turn to talk, so to say, um, I did get the term osentoglithophobia, which is a fear of Sasquatch. Oh, so I would much rather say I'm scared of Sasquatch. Yeah, I would probably rather say that too because I don't know how to pronounce that. Yeah, and I feel like I did a better job of the. Uh, Alice than I did of that word. Later. Yeah, and unfortunately, <laughs> until that we can prove Bigfoot is real, that is an unfounded fear. Really? If Bigfoot doesn't exist, yeah, if a fear of Bigfoot would be ridiculous. And you still have a fear uh, of something that doesn't fear. exist? Yeah, but it's something I have many unfounded fears, so I would think yeah. that would be one. And that's it. Yes, that's I know my a particular child who's terrified of dinosaurs. That's not me. <laughs> 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 all right so stay tuned till next time where we talk about wild men of the world they are a cultured class yes so thanks for stopping until by and we see you next hope time see you next time bye thank you for listening to journey to the fringe uh, we are a new podcast and we would very much so appreciate if you could like subscribe share and if possible provide a five-star review or some sort of feedback if you feel like there's anything we could be doing better but five-star review is the best thing you can do for us as it does help unfortunately in the world of algorithms yes please and thank you and you can follow us on social media at journey to the fringe we don't have all of them, so try searching it instagram we're on facebook right now we have a subreddit and if there's anything you want to hear in the future, feedback, anything, you can email us at journeytothefringe at gmail.com. If there's something we're missing that you'd like to see us on, please let us know. 
we only know what we know. So we're only and in so many places. Also, if you feel that we have gotten anything wrong, please let us know there as well, as we would really like to have the best information possible. We are mm-hmm. only as good as our research. And if you can provide anything further, it's a real help. Or if you want to share anything, we yes. will definitely, we're open to shares. So yes, thank you for listening and we'll see you in the next episode.